before the bloodbath begins, slither your way to the host's socials for the podcast slash Twitter at the BHO underscore podcast, Instagram at the Baron's Hideout underscore podcast, the stab to Aaron's accounts, Twitter at double AA row three, and Instagram at double AA row. Find the podcasts on your favorite apps and Patreon. Enjoy the slaying and try to stay alive. For the next period of time, strap in as the hosts rip and tear at the unsuspecting guests, in which they learn their dark secrets and methods of the genre. In this bloodbath, no one gets out alive. This is within the barracks. Welcome. I'm your host, Dustin. We're here for another installment of our Within the Barons, and today we have uh, who I think is, you know, a very um, highly regarded cult classic creator, Frank Farrell. Um, this has been kind of, you know, a work in progress over the like, last month, I want to say, but it's awesome to have you on, man. How are you doing? Thank you so much. I'm, I'm doing fine. I'm doing great. Uh, you know, you caught me in the middle of, of writing, which these days uh, is what anybody would catch me in the middle of. So uh, I, uh, I I do like to pause every now and then and do an interview. Yeah, and, uh, but uh, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, and you I, seem to, I, I, I checked out like other stuff you've done. You seem to have gotten some pretty reasonable interviews uh, in the past. Yeah, thank you. I, I have been I've been trying to. You know, I usually have my co-host with me, but with the interviews, it's a little bit harder to have him on just because his work schedule is right. ridiculous. So it's like I completely understand if you can't make these. So um, yeah, we've been doing these interviews for only about two or three months and it's like every week we have so many people like yeah i want to come on let's do it and i've been trying to get you on for for a while but like a lot of like life things have been happening and whatnot and scheduling issues on my end which which and sucks I must you know up at least once yeah <laughs> um so it's awesome to, to finally have you on and we can we can pick thank your you. brain a little bit you know and you can kind of go and tell your side of another I, story I thank you so much for having me i'm uh as I, as I told you just a moment before we began here, it's like I'm more than anybody. I'm still trying to get used to the fact that I have some degree of fame and an apparent celebrity now that for most of my life and career, I did not have uh, partially because our film Spookies was sort of in like suspended animation of sorts yeah. for decades. And that's, and we're definitely gonna be talking about that, um, you know, a lot today, and also Street Trash, and that we have the Street Trash remake coming. So I, I wanted, Amazing, to, yeah, yeah, like I wanted to kind of pick your brain on that a little bit. But let's start at the beginning, Frank. Um, I always like to kind of take it, take it back with everybody. Like, what made you want to become like a, a writer, or a screenwriter, or a director, or producer? Like, what, what, like I don't know, sparked that in you um, when you were younger? Um, from like, I mean, my earliest. Uh, memories of grade school or being told I had uh, that I could write that I, I was a good writer, so I I, uh, I guess I pursued that, hearing that uh, to some extent. But uh, what came along uh, a bit later was my interest in in film, uh, which was really what sort of flared my my interest in creativity uh, more than almost anything. And that, uh, I mean, I'm trying to remember now. I'm thinking like somewhere around the age of 11 or 12, 
uh, you know, and realize like back then, I mean, the, the selection of what there was and what you could see was very different. Yeah. So my my learning, uh, uh, my my course in film was really, you know, mostly older films from like the, you know, the sixties and 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 back. And I became a big fan of those films, and I like, uh, you know, a, quite a lot of older directors. I like, you know, and I tend to, and it, and it also helped me to develop an appreciation for different types of films for i mean i feel so many people and this goes even for a lot of uh, movie so-called movie fans horror fans they grew up at a certain time they saw certain movies and and everything they're interested in is just centered around like 10 to 20 years of when they uh you know they got excited about something and now they're nostalgic about it yeah and i think they're missing like so much by doing that yeah i i do agree on that and like i'm definitely one of those people really this like nestled in like a certain time period um i had been like you know reaching out and like doing way more other things and trying to get into you know uh, other genres like way back when like you know in like the 30s even like i i i love black and white films so that's why i like kind of going back to those and like seeing how things were made yeah i i'm very i've always been attracted to black and white i just feel there's something there are feelings and emotions you can get with black and white that you really can't get in color yeah, exactly. And I mean, there are, you know, um, directors uh, who try to do black and white now, but I always feel like everybody's really afraid to do that because I think it's not going to um, go over as well as color. But a, I, a lot of times I've noticed in recent years, more films that they're not really exactly black and white, but you can see that they dim down the color quite a lot. Yeah. And so, it's you know, maybe they're, they look sort of tinted or in some cases, you know, it's it's black and white. And then there's occasionally you notice a color or something. Yeah. But um I think that's true. I think as as opposed to, you know, it's it's easier to just say, all right, all right well, here's what we're going to do and release the film as a color film, even though there may be less color than some audiences are, are used to. And maybe that's a, a way to get them to adapt. And, yeah. uh, and, and maybe the word is really the stigma more than anything else. Yeah. And yeah, I do agree on that. And I wish there was more black and white out there. I really do, because I love the aesthetic. Um, there was actually a film that I did see that came out uh, not that uh, long ago called uh, Ghost Waits. That's on Shutter right now. That's a, that's a horror film, mm-hmm. and we just talked to the director about that. And it's black and white, and it's a beautiful film. It is. It's right. it's so good. Um, the writing on it is really good too. But I just I love the aesthetic of black and white. I don't I don't know exactly what it is, but I get drawn to it way more than I, color. I I just think I think con- contrast the starker contrast. Even in daytime scenes, just you, you, your brain reacts differently to it. Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying. You're 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 extremely aware that it's not realistic because it's not in color, but you're but you're having an emotional reaction to it. I mean, to me, it's bizarre that because for a long time uh, into even the '70s, you know, films were frequently black and white, and nobody made a big deal out of it or thought anything lesser or more of the films. Uh, but that seems to have faded you know out of the the mainstream filmmaking scene at this point for the most part um i i don't know what to say about it i think i think uh it's unfortunate because there are a lot of people who will the moment they see a film is in black and white will like turn their eyes away yeah it's really sad to see that and um i wish it wasn't that way but you know times have changed and whatnot um, and we have all these like really big budget movies like all, all the marvel movies which i think are just they're too dry for me um, too dry. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm just dry in what way? Because because right now, like the new Thor movie 
is getting a lot of criticism for being too funny. Supposedly. Yeah. I think it's just because I'm, I've seen so many superhero movies. That it's just, it just, yeah. it's like a dried well with me. It's like, I, I can only see so much of it. Um, and you think I would say the same thing with, with horror, but like, there's just so much diversity within horror. Cause it pulls from so many other. Well, it's, it's, I come as a, a big comic book fan of, yeah. uh, but I was always more interested in in comics of of like you know almost every variety as opposed to just superheroes. I mean, superheroes became the thing in this country starting in like the 1930s. Okay, but at the same time, all kinds of comics were popular for a long time, and then it just narrowed more and more into until superheroes really just became the genre. Um, but I always um, I. If I liked superhero stories, it was frequently just—I mean, there were certain characters, I guess, maybe that appealed to me. Yes, but I think, but I think a big part of it for me was like certain artists. So I would have liked uh, probably anything they decided to draw. Yeah, and you know, and uh, I think it's uh, you know it's unfortunate. I mean, my, the thing is, I mean, like my favorite comic book artist is Will Eisner. If you know who Will Eisner is, oh uh, yeah, and. Uh, I like and and he real essentially worked in black and he he did color comics, but his original artwork in black and white is obviously very designed for black mm-hmm. and white. Um, and I think uh, I think he's like also one of these people who expanded the language of comic books like enormously. He you know he was the first to really think of things in such visual terms and to break scenes up certain ways. Um, but that that is part that's a large part of what I'm interested in in filmmaking is people taking the medium and doing interesting things with it, you know, just like a writer may have a style that's unique and can, and can make you engaged and intrigued because they have this style. Um, I'm one, one of my pet theories is you always hear that like the most important thing in the movie is the story. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The most important thing is how well the story is told. Yeah. Yes. That, that is I guarantee true. you because you've seen, you, you see the same stories over and over again. Almost anything, you, any movie, the next movie you see is going to be a variation on, on some other story. But it may be done in a way that, like, you get totally intrigued and turned on by. And, and uh, you know, you see something differently. Or, and the person who created it tried to do something in a different way. Um, I, I, you know, I like people to take this medium, which I think you can do almost anything you can think of with, and yeah. do something with it. I get... A lot of contemporary films I get vi- bored visually. Uh, I uh, like I watch. I always watch trailers, even if the movie is. If, if I won't see the movie, I'll still watch the trailer. Okay. And I hate it when I watch like a dozen trailers in a row, and like I don't even remember what they were because like nine of them mostly <laughs> did the same movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like if like a movie releases like multiple trailers are all like essentially the same thing. So you're like, what's the point? You know, um, and honestly, a lot of trailers nowadays spoil too much. I think of the film that's uh, been going on for a long time, actually. Yeah, I've, I've just been re- uh, recently realizing it now. Maybe it's because there's so many other people pointing it out as well. Um, but yeah, uh, I I've been trying not to watch trailers as of late because I don't know if it's so- right. I know some people do that. I'm I don't really you know tell, unless it's a movie that the story is something that I think is going to be interesting in a way that I want to be surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not like, you know, I'm, I'm like I said, I don't, I don't feel the story is so much. The thing is how is the story told, you know, what, what about it is going to be unique to this particular film. Exactly. 
And um, since we're on the topic of stories, um, let's go and talk a little bit about Spookies and how that got like turned upside down, like pretty much from underneath you, your feet, and um, um, and everybody else. So yeah, I, I, mean, hear... I don't know how much you know. I'm glad you know at least something because I frequently <laughs> have people who talk to me who have literally no concept of anything that went on with that film behind the scenes, and that's really like at least half the story. Um, you know, I mean, that was at a time I had two partners, Tom Doran, Brendan Faulkner. Yep. Uh, Tom has since uh, passed away, and, and Brendan is, uh, you know, s- still here. But he he and Tom co-directed Spookies, and uh, we we wrote it, the three of us together. I I was the central producer. And uh, that was sort of the culmination of several years of us having met in college, all wanted to make films, all had a real love for horror and related genres. And so we spent like a number of years trying, you know, with with, uh, you know, essentially projects that got launched and crashed, which is, I think, what most filmmakers do. Uh, I think we, uh, you know, we were ambitious, but we were also naive. There mm-hmm. definitely weren't as many resources and easy ways to get information and ways to do things that you have now. Uh, you know, I mean, it's like, I mean, tell the truth, my whole life changed with the Internet just because <laughs> I was used to doing anything. It's like if I wrote a script all right, I have to go to the library and I'm probably going to spend like a hundred hours researching this in the library, minimally. That kind of thing. I mean, you know, I mean, I used to take trips uh, into, I lived like, I lived like uh, 40, 50 miles from New York City and I'd take trips to go to the the New York Public Library where they had like archives of all kinds of amazing stuff. And, uh, but at that time, that was like literally the only resource now I, you know, I just have to come up with something I I want to know more about, and I'll I'll know more about it almost instantly. Yeah, that is a good thing about the internet, but the internet can also be, you know, uh, kind of mean, <laughs> you know. Well, it is. It's unfortunate. I mean, look, I, 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 for me, the disappointing thing about the internet is is most people really don't even take advantage of what they have at their fingertips here. You know, I mean, it's they, they don't their interest isn't broad enough. Uh, they're not intellectually curious enough, whatever it is, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, they don't, you know, and it's not like you have to like go out there on uh, online and, and, and get into everything, but yeah, exactly. all you're doing is like, you know, doing your Facebook account and, you know, watching some YouTube videos or whatever. I mean, you're not taking any advantage of this. Yeah. And that, that is, um, that is kind of true. <laughs> um, even on my end, like I try to do like a lot of research and stuff and I'm, I'm like really, really curious about something, but I don't know if it's just because you know most people are just really lazy nowadays because they have so much stuff um, you know given to them everywhere compared. I, back I think to that's you. part of it. I think part of it is, is that, but it's also overstimulation. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, when 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 I was a kid, when I first developed certain interests, just to get like a book about a subject that you liked was an amazing thing, and you treasured this things like incredibly, and you'd look at the pictures again and again because there was nothing else, and. Now it's it's like I can come up, you know, with with like I said, I'm, anything that I I want to to experience, I can experience quickly. Yeah. Um, but for a creative person, I think it's really valuable. Oh, um, for sure. Oh you know, yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna diss the internet. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do think that. But I, yeah. But I think. Uh, uh, I I think all technology makes people more complacent. I agree. I agree. For sure. The same. What's happened with film technology is I can now, you know, go out with my phone 
in the middle of the night with just like street lights and get a, an amazing image yeah. and and not have to be you know i could i could probably just shoot a scene like that without even having to worry about additional lights i mean you'd want to probably do that if you wanted a more professional product yeah. but but you're getting results simply and easily that you could never have gotten at one time and uh, a lot of contemporary films even though i still see films that i think look great visually the filmmaking is fantastic i see plenty of stuff that just looks like you know somebody's family shot it or something <laughs> yeah um there was actually a movie that came out not that long ago uh, called threshold that was all filmed on an iphone that was that was really really i'm good not against too. that though i'm not against that it, it, yeah. was that the, one of the steve soderbergh movies um, you know, I forget who directed it. I know it, it premiered. Steve at a, Soderbergh made some statement a year or two ago that he only wanted to shoot with an iPhone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, you can do it. Anybody can do it. You know, you, you have it right at your hands. I mean, everybody has a phone nowadays, um, and and that's a, that's a good thing, and it could also be a bad thing. But I think if anybody has a you know any kind of um, creativity in them, and they want to explore on it. Try doing it with your phone before you, you know start going and buying all this like oh yeah yeah I mean you, you could know? like literally just like just take it out of your pocket yeah and you know get know how if you know how to compose shots and you know how to tell a story you can start making a good film with, with almost no crew no equipment and and not much more than your mind yeah exactly um, and like this obviously brings back to like you know spookies back then like uh it was well you started filming i believe in 84 i think if i remember correctly or we was had a, a yeah i mean because like we, we the three of us were you know we had started several projects we wrote you know a fair number of scripts we kept trying to you know we'd get a little money together mostly out of our own pockets and start making a promo short to try yeah. and promote the thing etc and what would frequently happen as i think happens to low budget filmmakers all the time sort you know suddenly something changes and another project becomes more viable and attractive. And so you have to sort of drop one thing and yeah. just immediately get into the other one. And uh, in this case, we had a project uh, which was about a demon in a, in a, in a house, like, just like the one in Spookies, yeah. uh, that we thought was good. And, we, and, and, and the effects in that were primarily a, this fairly elaborate, you know, full body suit demon costume. And we, were, you know, we thought to contain it to that made you know relative sense because you know we wouldn't get a little bit you know out of control with more than we could uh handle uh and on spookies we were sort of pressed into taking the opposite tack that uh our backer wanted uh you know uh, uh an evil dead ripoff essentially oh, he wanted yeah. lots of, you know he didn't even say monsters he just when i want things popping out of closets and then <laughs> and they go into the living room and there's a ghost and then they they, they go into the basement and there's a gorilla and you know and things like that yeah, yeah, that that must have been really frustrating though, because you guys are doing all this work on what what was originally going to be called was um Twisted Souls um before you know it got you know moved over right. to um Eugenie and and the crew over there and kind of added all the other scenes, um, but I was thinking like if you could go back and you could remake um Spookies or Twisted Souls that the way you wanted to, would you? No. No, <laughs> you're um, just like, no, I would I'm probably over. choose to, and, and I think my partners feel the same way. I think I think we would have probably chosen to do one of our other projects. Okay, you know, or I mean, or if I actually had the, if I if I could go back now, I would probably take one of my scripts from now and go back. Okay, and okay, and it would be even more innovative than ever. Uh, but the thing is, um, 
we, you know, we had an opportunity to make a film. We had to essentially do what the person with the money wanted. This yep. is all very typical stuff. You know, even even the biggest films basically have these same rules that you have to like, you know, to some, no matter who you are, you know, with a handful of people who are maybe an exception, you just have to do what they need you to do. And then you can work, you know, do your own thing and your creativity and your style within that. But you don't want to fuck the people yeah, exactly. Your film. Um, in the case of Spookies, it was uh, as far as the story went. We we literally it was literally like we we came that you know to the conclusion that we needed to get do something where where there was a, a monster every you know ten minutes roughly, yeah, of some sort, and uh, and we managed to do that. And I thought we came up with some very interesting you know different monsters that you might not always expect to see in. Uh, this type of a film. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, and the thing is also, I mean, he wanted, you know, like I said, he wanted an evil dead clone. And so, you know, he's like, Oh, and I want, you know, teenagers to do this. And our first thing was, we don't want to do a film with teenagers. <laughs> you know, every film like this has got teenagers in it. Yeah. And, and I made the point then, and I'll make it again now that as a teenager, you know, as, as a kid up to now, I never favored movies that had teenagers as protagonists necessarily. <laughs> In fact, most kids, I think, want to be an adult. So yeah. there's no reason that they can't enjoy and get into movies with adult characters. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can agree on that one. I, I think I would I would rather be an adult in, in a movie instead of a teenager. They could just do more stuff. Um, right. I mean, and- what, what's happened now, and, and I, this is another way that I think um, there's less effort expended to some extent, that uh, a lot of filmmakers, especially people who love horror movies, uh, are essentially making copies of the horror, the kind of horror movies they love, or in some cases, verbatim, the exact movies that they love. Um, and they're sticking within a very narrow range of, of cliches and characters and types of stories. And um, I was bored, you know, I mean, just I like, I, like I got bored with slasher movies back in the 80s because I feel it's a very similar genre i mean they they really i mean after halloween i mean almost everything was somewhat taken from halloween yeah and, for sure uh you know and i think it's but i think it's a genre that can still be good and still be fresh but i but when you have something that's copied endlessly just for you know, uh, financial reasons that basically uh i think you you know you wind up with a lesser product mm-hmm. uh but then there are people who just like you know love these movies all they have to have is is a killer you know, yeah. It's the only requirement. Um, so I guess stuff like that, uh, I need the movie to be good. There's got to be something about it beyond that because that premise, you know, it puts me to sleep, basically. Yeah, I'm a huge slasher fan, but I do agree that it does need to be fresh. You need to, you know, kind of not really reinvent the wheel, but just add something with flavor on it to, you know, add something to it. Because I'm a huge Halloween 78 fan. Like, I, I have right. so much stuff from them. Um but I think uh, I've been talking to you know other um, fellow horror fans and even like directors and stuff. But I really do think um, that we're going through like a horror renaissance almost in in, in a sense because of well, all of the creativity that's kind of you know th- we are now. for many reasons and there's and horror has resurged in the mainstream more yeah. or less uh, for 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 both movies and more so more than ever for television shows. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, you know beyond that, there's the the whole micro budget scene of you know people making movies for as little as movies can be made for that are get now 
can get out there and get released and people can find them and see them. And uh, there's, you know, that's a big part of that uh, resurgence where I think, you know, you've got a lot of people who are out there making movies that they sort of know they're not going to make a profit on because they cannot get the kind of distribution or in many cases, the movies are very, you know, are not the greatest movies for one reason or another. They may only have a limited audience, but I think it's great that people can feel free to do that now, you know, and if you're not talented, okay. If you're, if you're a genius, all the better. Yeah. And that, you know, that really kind of always comes back to you too. And like other, you know, um, fellow uh, cult classic uh, film directors or writers is that it's also bringing your movies back to life. Like Spookies was on Joe Bob, you know, like on Shutter. So that must have been. I, I, I have huge. yet to meet Joe Bob, but I am very grateful to him because he put both Spookies and Street Trash yeah. on the last drive in, right? Both got, you know, terrific reactions. Uh, to my knowledge, they were the first two movies he put out on the uh, the, the uh, VHS uh, editions of his show that he started to put out. Yeah. Um, he. Uh, he did a special segment on my scene in Street Trash on on the uh, the Street Trash episode. Oh yeah! Uh, so I feel like honored, and and it's like it's also he, he also made me with uh, he did a recent he had, they came out with a record album recently like a vinyl with a cover that was like a redo of like the Sergeant Pepper's Only Hearts yeah, Club yeah. album right with with monsters right and damn there were like there, there was I think one possibly two characters from street trash and like and again also two two or three characters from spookies it was like not wow not just representation with one but like you know this this took some thought oh yeah and it's a beautiful piece of art too and like and also with the episodes that he did and all the information that he pulled from it um must have been very enlightening for you too, being like okay so other people do know what happened with this they know that it kind of went through a lot of stuff um, Street Trash was kind of the same way, but um, not so much with Spooky. Spookies was the one that like well, really Street, got a Street whole... Trash. I yeah. my experience was was such a better experience. Yeah, uh, partially because there was nothing but enthusiasm and encouragement to just make the best movie we could possibly make. There was nobody uh, sort of coming from the wrong place and and demanding that things had to be done a certain mm-hmm. way. And uh, you know, it was a great experience. It it, it was like you know. It, it was it allowed everyone on it to, uh you know especially you know the director jimmy muro the first film 19 years old to yeah that's learn crazy a lot, to, but to also have access to a professional crew and everything else and uh and i still feel proud about street trash i mean i, I feel I, spookies i think would have been like okay it would have been good but <laughs> I, I feel street trash you know was able to get completed with creative control intact and i still i still think it's I think it's not only like it's not only a film that's lasted, but I think it's. Uh, uh, I've always thought it was just like a well-made, low-budget film, like like way above average. It is, and it's a crazy plot. There's a bunch of crazy stuff that happens to. I mean, like you you kick around your dick and everything. Like, it's so yeah. funny, and you know that the toilet scene is great. I mean, and and Viper, like everybody is like when they see that they're like street trash, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's so much to that movie that everybody like. Well, to. It, it's also it's amazing because it, it, it I, I think the editor did a really nice job of like retaining as much of what we did as possible yeah. uh and i think uh it's, it's like one of these movies that it there, there's barely a, a moment where it takes a breath long enough for you to like 
sort of like relax even it's like the minute something else ends something else is introduced and you're off on some other tangent and i think uh i like movies like that personally me too me too i, I always like being engaged and not really having a breath i always want to be like well that was nuts oh my god that was really nuts and you're like wait what just happened i, I love stuff like that and street trash is definitely that kind of film um yeah i mean i feel very lucky to have been involved in the making of uh, uh between street trash and 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 uh, spookies uh two low budget films that are still as popular if not more popular than they ever were yeah and it, it's only going to grow from here on like you are going to know it's so weird it's, 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 <laughs> it's i don't know us horror fans we always try to find those things that no one likes and then once we start liking them everybody starts liking them and then you're like wow so I did make something that people really, really liked. It just took a while for it to find its audience. Well, for me, so. it took like 30 years to figure <laughs> it out. You know? uh, yeah. Um, but, I mean, a huge part of that was simply that after its initial VHS release in the U.S. in uh, like 85 to 86, roughly, it, it was never on video again in the United States until 2019. Yeah, that's nuts. And um, it's only growing and, you know, even with the remake of Street Trash that's coming out, I wanted to ask you, are, are you doing anything with Ryan on that? Is there I, any... am in, I am in touch with them. I have uh, I, I have spoken with uh, Justin Martell, who is uh, a guy who's in, involved with various things on the horror scene, who I just met recently. Uh, I am, like, so thrilled that I like his film Fried Barry. Yes. Because, you know, when I, when I, when I heard this is going to be the guy, I was like, all right, this I can get behind. <laughs> this guy has some idea, I think, how to handle this material. Uh, and I, 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 so I feel glad about that because they're, they're directors that if it wound up in their hands, I'd be like, you know, I'd, I'd be just doing a rant about it on, on a daily basis on, on some social media platform or another. I can't, you know, I can't sometimes, uh, I, I'm not a big fan of remakes just because I feel most of them are poorly motivated. Yeah. You know, looking to, to, cash in again i mean like the they did the texas chainsaw film uh fairly recently that i did not like and a lot of I'm fans right there with you. not happy about and then they're doing a sequel to that of course yeah yeah they gotta get that money's worth <laughs> well the point is people we're at a stage now where you and i if there's another one that comes out we'll probably check it out yeah <laughs> and they know that and they don't really care if we like it yeah they just, they just want those those clicks you know and you know, sometimes when I do that, there's a movie that's really, really good. Like, they could remake it, and it could blow us away. You never know. There's, look, I, I, my policy on remakes is because they're not, I think, motivated for the right reasons, most of them are not going to be gr- very good films. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very dependent on each in each case on the people who are doing the writing and directing more than anything else. Yeah, I agree um, on that. But I also feel that any film... Any sequel to any movie, even if it's like the 30th sequel to something that's a piece of crap, <laughs> could be a masterpiece if someone really wanted to put the effort into it. Yep. If it was worth it. I mean, you know. Yeah. You, you got to have a lot of, There are a lot of films that I don't control. think inspire great sequels. Yeah. Um, so I'm just, I'm really excited because Ryan was releasing some, you know, um, you know, pre-production you know prosthetics and stuff right, yes, and yes. it I've, looks I've so that stuff, good yeah. um and another thing that's really cool is like the reason why we're talking right now frank is because my friend dean of the dead he uh he did some hot sauce with with ryan 
I need to speak to him. I've been meaning to get back yes. to him for like the past couple of months. Yeah, and the thing he, is, he, he was supposed to be said, on how today. How about Spooky's hot sauce? No, how about a Spooky cereal? Yes, yes. He he's my like my best friend from the UK, and like we met oh, through this show. I'm um, actually have like his his um, box right here that I'm always trying to you know get people to at least check him out because he's trying to get uh, distribution over here in the U.S. And he was supposed to be on today, but his computer died on him so because oh he, i'm sorry i would have liked to have talked to <laughs> i know i wanted him on too i was like i'm like are, can, are you able to make it like, dude my computer just died i'm like shit i'm like okay oh. okay but um no we will we'll get it all set up and whatnot and and then you know get it rolling because dean's a really really good guy and like i thank him a lot and in this interview i don't know it would have happened if if dean didn't tell me uh about well, that's you, Frank. no because what I've so much enjoyed about this, I don't know, it's like my renaissance or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> First of all, I should explain two things. I, have, I had two partners on Spookies, Tom and Brendan, yep. who, co- who did you know, the job as co-director. Um, Tom passed away in 2017, and I, I, I sort of never recovered from that because we were continuing to work together, collaborate write together we were we were always each other's you know best go-to to get an opinion or a criticism or some help with something and i've met very few people that i feel were as talented as tom because he i mean he was also an you know an artist a, a, he could draw paint a musician i mean he and and he thought very thoroughly about things creatively and so he would always come up with ideas that would like you know make me sit back and, oh, my <laughs> god that's, that's fucking great you know, again and again, and I, you know, I'm so used to working with people that I have to sort of nudge along and get them to aim a little higher when, I, when I'm working with somebody. Um, but, uh, you know, so I mean, I, I, I feel that um, I'm sort of frustrated by the fact that Tom did not get to be a part of this. He really deserved, he really deserved it and needed it because it took me like after a while i started to like just by what i was seeing on the internet in its earlier days i started to think oh wow you know people talking about spookies fairly frequently that a lot of people seem to really like it they recognize the fact that despite anything they at least have to admit the effects are good yes and it and tom was just so soured on the whole thing because he probably more than any of us felt so assaulted by what had happened to the film because he tom was like you know a perfectionist um i feel he uh succeeded and got exactly what he wanted for some of the scenes in the film but they now don't exist in any way close to to what they actually were uh but he was really down on it i mean he was down on the film he was down on himself and he uh you know, at one point I tried to say, look, there's, there's talk about this. There's a guy here saying that at this convention that people, there was nothing going on about, except, you know, conversations about spookies. And everyone was talking about spookies and there's a growing cult. And Tom was like, there's no growing cult. Oh, I don't fucking believe that. You know, he, at one point somebody told him that, that Taran, Quentin Tarantino uh, loved Spookies, and Tom went like nuts. He's going, he's going, he's going. I'll eat my head if Quentin Tarantino has seen Spookies. Oh man, my guess is he very likely has. Oh, I'm sure he has. He, I feel like he's seen almost everything. To be honest, like, no, he's but always that's the kind of thing cinema. that I I would think he would probably have seen. Mm. But that is really, you know, sad to hear that he wasn't able to, you know, see any of this stuff. Or oh, he just... did, you know, it was we, we before uh, the, the Blu-ray was released by uh, Vinegar Syndrome. Yeah, 
we had attempted for a few years to try and find the current rights holder and see if we could somehow uh, we thought we could do a Kickstarter or something, raise money, get get enough together to buy the rights and release it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Except that we there was no clear path because everything, every bit of information there was on it was inaccurate or or misleading. And it went it, it traveled from you know company to company, as many films do. And at one time Vestron Video, which released Street Trash, uh, and they had been approached about spookies, but they they turned it down. They they did, however, distribute it internationally, like overseas. Okay. And it's, at one point, they own, in the '90s, they owned the rights to it for a while. Uh, but then it went into other hands, and we weren't sure. And eventually, we tracked it down to our original backer, who had gotten rights back, apparently. And we sort of realized, well, all right, he's not going to sell us the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, we didn't really have a direction to go in. But within a couple of years, I mean, Vinegar Syndrome really finally made the leap and did a beautiful restoration. So it, it's, it really so is. Good. It's, it's like better than I remember the film being on a big screen. So uh, no complaints there. Um, I, uh, I just didn't expect it to have this much impact on myself and the fact that it's opened some new doors and opportunities for me. And, uh, and I'm thrilled about that because myself and Tom, as I said, kept working together for years. We yeah. never stopped wanting to make films for like literally not for a minute. You know, I mean, we'd, we'd, we'd occasionally try to stop, <laughs> you know, but we realized it's like, all right, even if we d- make, make a pact and decide to go in a totally different direction and have like actual lives and jobs and careers, we'll be thinking about this almost immediately and want to, and want to be doing it. Yeah, that's actually a good thing, though. You guys had had that drive, and you still have that drive. Like you just say, you're always right. Writing, and I, you know? I feel fortunate to have it because I, at, at one time, I said to Tom, I, you know, I, I know I'd be so much more successful if I wasn't so fucking cynical. Tom <laughs> was like, what are, you, what are you talking about, cynical? You're like one of the most optimistic people I've ever met. You failed, and you failed, and you failed, and you still want to do. This. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a good thing though. Like you, you're always trying to you know, push yourself, and I feel like that's what's kind of happening now. And and not even just like in the horror genre, but like other like independent um, filmmakers as well in any kind of genre, they're pushing themselves really hard. Mm-hmm. And it's a good thing because um, independent films is taking over. I think, and I think that's a good. thing. I think it's here's the thing. I don't know if it's taking over, but it's gaining some of the ground that I think studios are losing right now. Meaning that, uh, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I mean, years ago when I wanted to know what movies were playing, I used to go to newspapers, right? Yep. And and in the internet, and this is true more and more, uh, you know, now, right now, more than ever, the advertising that I see for upcoming films, it's like, all right, well, there's probably a trailer on YouTube, but you don't always come across it. And, some, and sometimes if you haven't heard something about, you know, you, you don't know the film even exists. Yep. And, uh, you know, I'll, uh, I'll see ads on, uh, on the IMDb, which I go to constantly, right? But they don't advertise on that many pages specifically that, you know, upcoming films. So frequently, like giant, you know, major movies come out and, I, you know, I, it's like I heard about them a day and a half before or something. Yes. Like and I know that's got to be even more true of most people. Yeah, that happens to me a lot because like a movie would come out, I'd be like, I only saw an ad for this like a day ago, and it's out already. It's like what? Yeah. Like I don't understand. No, no, it's not just out; it's it's streaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that's another thing too is like streaming services. I think are really um saving a lot of films, especially 
know spookies and, and street trash and, and, and movies of the like it's yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's another reason why they're becoming cult classics and well it's, yeah but it's, that's exactly what it is it's availability and it's different because like you mean you've had a certain amount of availability for years between vhs and video stores and then dvds and then uh you know cable and all you know all this other stuff that gave you access to movies but now they're at the point now where, where for like in recent years, the the video distribution companies realized, all right, well, our biggest market's going to be streaming, and there's almost nobody who's going to buy discs, except real collectors and people who love certain type movies or, or types of movies, and they're going to buy a lot of shit. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what they do. Yeah, yep. Um, and another thing I wanted to ask is um, your work with doing, but being a zombie, <laughs> a George A. Romero film. How was that? Oh, that was great. That was like um, such a good experience uh, because I loved uh, Night of the Living Dead was sort of a, a key horror movie for me. Uh, I mean, visually, it was sort of like, you know, because of the black and white, it said it was like a link to the to the older classic horror yeah. films that had gone before. Um, plus, uh, I, before I saw the film, I read Roger Ebert's article about oh, it. Oh, no. With, are you familiar <laughs> with Roger Ebert's article about it? <laughs> I, I've heard people talk about it. I haven't it's, read it it's personally, It's basically though. him going into a tantrum. Because <laughs> yeah, that sounds right about right. Because this film, and I, believe, and I don't even know if this is true, but in the, in the piece, he claims this is being like shown as a kiddie matinee. Hmm. Right? I mean, I, I mean, it's, it's possible, but I don't know about that. Um but he goes on at length about how is you know how could anyone possibly you know and and goes on to describe how terrible the film is yeah right and you know by the time dawn of the dead came out he was de- immediately declaring it a major classic <laughs> yeah that sounds about right yep <laughs> that's uh that i don't know there's it's actually really funny too um for some movies that we review and we go into rotten tomatoes you can see like some reviews that that are in there from him and it's it's kind of funny um but i felt like later in his life when he was doing stuff that he he became a little um i don't know easier on films uh for what i was seeing and like other podcasts talking about him i I think that may have been because to tell the truth there are a lot of critics who like their whole style of review is just to destroy films and filmmaking yeah yeah and that was that was definitely something he was doing you can tell by the way some of them write that that's what they take pleasure in doing yeah um I think he sort of, you know, came to the point and the, and the realization that, gee, you know, this is something a lot of people are so passionate about. And these people are, you know, for, for the most part, hopefully artists, and they're try- generally trying their best. And I think, you know, in those cases, you need to save your scorn for certain producers and even maybe even sometimes directors who are just do like, like I said about sequels, we're not doing it for anything but a cash grab. Yeah. And, you know, and it's basically, to me, that's like a cynical approach to doing it. It's like, it's like oh, I'm not doing this because I love movies or I think the story's worth telling or I, I'm going to enjoy making this movie. It's I'm doing this so I can, you know, make X amount of dollars and then I can do a movie I want. Yeah. And no, that, now that you say that, um, one uh, director who's out there who I think does really good work is um, James Wan. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. with him doing Malignant, like he did, a, you know, sold so much with Aquaman. They're like, here you go. Go go do right, what you right, want right. to do. And honestly, I think it's a great movie. I love Malignant. 
I haven't seen it. Oh, it's really, really good. You need to check it out because um, it, it's such an homage. Yeah, I mean, there's an, so to tell the truth, I try to stay current with things, but I watch like a wide variety of stuff. Yeah. So I'm usually catching up on older films and then I'll usually, in some cases, I'll just, I'll, I'll make a point to see the, the most like totally obscure stuff just because it intrigues me for one reason or another. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, there's so much out there. It's impossible to like watch everything you want to try like i'm like one of those people who's trying to watch a lot of things like i there's been years i've missed um with a lot of films and i'm trying to catch up on those because right. there's always new things coming out especially with the streaming services like they're always pumping more new more and new things out for you to be like watch this watch this so you're like should i watch that or should i go back and watch this thing that's like 10 years old you know right right, right. No, it's it's, it's- <laughs> It's a problem, but it's 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 a good problem. Yes, <laughs> many. Um, you know, I think uh, first of all, streaming is like you know sort of winding down at this moment because they really peaked during the pandemic. Yeah, you know, and now that now they're bitching because they they're not making as much money, or in some cases losing money. Well, yep, Netflix. You know, what did you expect <laughs> when people weren't home twenty four hours a day? Yeah, exactly. And um, I don't know. I I hope that um. Some of these streaming services will start putting a little bit more money into um, some of their stuff. Like, I kind of lost um, my faith in Hulu. I was in Hulu a lot, but I feel like they kind of went mm-hmm. like way down um, with some of like their shows and stuff. Like Netflix, really, I only go there to watch Stranger Things. <laughs> and really, um, yeah, I mean, Netflix used to have a lot of really good stuff on there, um, but I haven't really found anything. That well, I don't know when you eye. say used to. I don't know if you're talking like you know last week or a decade ago yeah just just in general like i for like that i want to say the past like three or four years that's like really all i went there for but shutter is like really taking over my life right now because of all of the really? uh, the um you know independent studios that they have in there and you know a lot of low budget films and, i mean i'm impressed that they can be a specialty channel yeah and still have the ability to finance as much as they do yeah and you know you got joe bomb on there who's always you know bringing up these movies that a lot of people probably haven't heard of, and I know a lot of people saw Spookies and treat, um, Street Trash for the first time through him. And, yes. uh, and that's yeah, another I mean, like thing. Like I said, I, I have to meet Joe Bob and, and shake his hand because the, the fact that he he took those and because, you know, I mean, he generally does stuff he personally likes. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it introduced the film to more people, you know, each of those in, uh, you know, in a shorter amount of time than anything in the past. And, and it's very interesting because Spookies has this, you know, has gained this, I mean, Street Trash was pretty popular for many years and it was easily available and uh, and it was known. And Spookies, maybe people had heard of it. The majority of people had not seen it. Um, and, you know, plus there's the fact that I do, you know, I, as I've told you, I due to the, to the way things happened, the film was taken out of our hands, recut, yeah. new scenes inserted, et cetera. I can under, I, I totally sympathize with anybody who cannot like it. Because I couldn't like it for many years, <laughs> mostly due to my association with it and the fact that, uh, you know, it was like saying, well, do you love your 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 uh, deformed, beaten to a pulp, almost alive baby? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, like, I, I love it, but I don't want to hang out with it, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> um, so I have one final thing I, I want to ask you. Sure. Is, um, and I, I'm... I'm going to have, and we can wait maybe till after we, we finish the interview proper. I want to ask you about something. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, we can do it right on here as well. I just want to know, so I know you said you're writing and you're always, you know, trying to 
I don't know, find something new for you to do and create. Do you have anything in the work right now that you want to talk about that? Funny that... you should ask. Well, I mean, in addition to the fact that Street Trash is getting remade. Yes, right? <laughs> I'm and, excited. And, uh, you know, I'm excited about that. <laughs> uh, I have been, uh, see, originally when, when t my partner Tom and I were trying to get rights ourselves and see if we could put the film out uh, on, on a Blu-ray disc, um, our, our plan was sort of like fairly, you know, long ranging, meaning that, all right, if we can get this far, if we can just get it out there and get it known again and get some hype around it, we can get money and we can and we can do something that's a sequel, except it will be like the anti sequel. It will be something so vastly better and and and, and different that uh, we, you know, and, and he wrote at the, and this is back in like 2013, we were talking about this the first time. Oh, wow. and Tom wrote uh like you know we talked about it and then like boom suddenly he had like 10 pages of stuff he of notes and stuff he had written and i was like well this is this could be really good this i like this etc and we never really picked on it up on it since then but then uh spookies came out on blu-ray it's gotten a lot of attention worldwide that it never had a chance at before and people want a sequel you know we're we're getting a, a real you know good response anytime i mentioned a sequel yeah so um that is exclusively what i'm working on at the moment i mean not exclusively but primarily and uh i think i i don't even want i i i need to be more modest because i'm really happy with the script and i think it's going to be something totally like wonderful yeah uh, if, it, if it continues the way it's going um but I, uh, it really, I mean, Tom and I, even back then when we talked about maybe if we ever did a sequel someday, we didn't want to do another Spookies. We didn't want to do a film like this. We didn't, even if somebody said, well, this time you can have $50 million to make Spooky. <laughs> you know, it's like I'd, I'd find a way to get the $50 million and and then I would like change my name and turn up in another country. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, but we wanted, you know, because Tom was really, he's just talented. I mean, I... Also, I mean, I've always aspired to do the best that I can possibly do. And I, tr I, I work really hard. I, mm. I want what I do to be an, as entertaining and engaging as all fuck. I want it, uh, you know, and this, this went for Tom too. You know, I, you know, we have very specific ways that we want to be able to do things, just, you know, ideas for visuals, ideas for, you know, virtually everything. Plus we were uh, a lot of directors uh, that, you know, even, even top directors, directors I've worked with and that are in some cases uh, pretty famous, don't really, you know, they they don't know that much about aspects of film mm -hmm. beyond what they do. Yeah. Uh, so that like all the design people, all the uh, technicians, etc., a lot of the way their film turns out is really incredibly dependent on those people because the director has not really come up with visual concepts, does not know how they want a, a makeup or a monster look or whatever. But in working with Tom, he always, you know, would align with me. And we'd think about, we'd really think out and discuss every aspect of everything. Because as far as I'm concerned, uh, the difference between something good and great is, is really a matter of like detail and orchestration. Yeah, I agree on that. Yeah. So that's good that you, you were both working to like the best of your ability and trying to always push that. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you, the secret is that the script is almost, finished I'm, I'm still going over parts of it uh before i really want to get it out there uh i've had some people talk to me already about possible that's awesome finances. but yeah but I, 
I don't, I, I'm so used in the past to having like 8 billion conversations about financing <laughs> and none of them ever go anywhere. Yeah. So I just sort of just take that for granted. Uh, I mean, I'm right now happy just to be able to be doing it, to feel that I, it's, it's good and to know that there are people out there who are waiting to see yeah. this. And that's the crucial difference in ter terms of a lot of my mindset right now. It's not just that I, because for years, Tom and I would like labor on things and we'd like at times realize, oh, well, we're like the only two people in the world who even have a clue that we're doing this or care. Yeah. And another thing too, like you're talking about like funding, like I feel like it's way easier for filmmakers or anybody in arts to get funding. All you gotta do is get an Indiegogo and you know right, but you can only you can only add, you can only make up to a certain amount come together usually on an indie yeah and what there have been a few films say but very few over say a million dollars uh but even some well-known names have tried to raise money and failed completely for mm -hmm. films so there's a lot of elements to it it's not like raising uh, a hollywood budget or something but that's true and in a lot of cases especially if you're doing something sort of on the lower end of the scale yeah and especially uh, for people doing like low budget horror films, because the the horror community is and always has been the most en enthusiastic uh, bunch of film fans that there are, just about. Yeah, uh, you know it's so, and it took so long for for the film industry and for Hollywood to realize that. You know, there was a time. I mean, it, it, they they did catch on like a couple of decades ago, really. <laughs> but there was a time when like people did like horror and you know comic book conventions and like they were you know they were like lepers basically. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> the studios didn't care about this. They didn't even want to be associated with it. You know, yeah. and then eventually they became the like the main things you'll the studio promotions are the biggest things you'll see at most conventions. Yeah, and that's another thing too is like you don't see like you know, like drama conventions, like horror conventions, you know. I, you might see you might see something that brings together like certain actors that, that yeah. specialize in drama. You might you know see uh, people get together because they they love a specific actor or a specific film. But for the most part, I mean, as far as genre goes, it's it's really it's the imaginative genres. I mean, horror, sci-fi, and fantasy, which all yeah. sort of intertwine. And and I, I don't know if you know what the real connection there is, like why these people are so enthused but i think things with a quality of imagination to them that capture people's imagination they i think they inspire greater devotion and interest yeah yeah that, i think that's probably the best way to put that um yeah and i think that's all that i have for my questions frank i know that you uh you wanted to ask me something so i'm, I'm actually very uh very yeah and maybe, i mean I, I don't know if you can answer all this right now but one of the things I, I have so many things i'm trying to do right now i'm trying to finish this <laughs> I, I fortunately I have, a, I have a couple of guys that have been in touch with me that, that I met online that are now working with me to get things moving and uh, I think will be uh, you know very effective in, in a lot of this that's awesome um, and you know and they're fans and this is part of what I want to do in this follow-up to spookies that I, I have mentioned uh, is I want to because I've realized so many people who are fans of my films are people who are in the industry now you know, they got inspired and now they're, they're effects artists or they're camera people or, or they're actors or whatever. And so I do want to make an effort for fans with real interest and passion to be involved, you know, especially if they have a talent that I'm going to be looking for anyway. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because to me, that would be like such a, a you know, I mean, I, and it's really just something I, 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 I almost like, you know, crave at this moment is just to be able to walk out and everybody there is like already enthused about what they're doing before <laughs> yeah. you even on the first shot. 
Yeah. Yeah, I would. I it, that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and I and it can happen, and uh, you know, I I I'm so I'm I've been incredibly grateful for fans. I mean, the people that have gone out of their way to let me know that they have enjoyed the, the films. Um, because I, I guess I went so long without it. Mm-hmm. I'm start, I'm kind of adjusting to this kind of, of, of thing going on around me all the time, but it's taken a while. You know, it's like for a while, I didn't have quite as cynical an attitude, but my, you know, when Tom said, you know, I, I refuse to believe that Spookies is now a cult film. Yeah. Um, I still, in the back of my mind, it's like there's still this like thought that like, how can you, are you serious? This can't be real. Yeah, it, well, it definitely is, and um, I know, and, I know, and, I know. I accept it. I accept. It. <laughs> and I can't wait to see everything else that you're doing, especially for the sequel. Because um, actually, I think Dean was telling me because he was talking to you prior, and he was like, "Yeah, I think he's writing the sequel to Spooky." So I'm just like, "What?" Like, I got to get Frank on the show. I got to get Frank on the show. So yeah, I and I got to tell you, it's like you know, I'm I, I'm not going to tell. I, I I'm I'm very satisfied with it so far, and the few people that have read it have had nothing but the highest you know, degree of, of good response. And, and I think it, it, it's the intent. And this goes back to Tom coming up with most of the original idea. Mm-hmm. It, we just, you know, we want to, we want to impress everybody that may have thought Spookies wasn't a great film to the extent that they're going to be, they, they may refuse to believe that this is something by the same people. Oh yeah. I can't wait Just you saying that. Oh, I mean, I, I love. Spooky I mean, look, I, I know I appreciate the yeah. fact that so many people love Spooky <laughs> for all its flaws or because of its flaws, um, but it didn't. It didn't let us. I mean, as, as Tom used to say, he said, "Well, all right, if the film sucked, then it sucked, and and we could take responsibility and admit that it sucked." Yeah. But it, but it, but it's not our film. I mean, how do you? What do you say? How do you? You know? How do you resolve that? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a tricky one. Um. And this was super fun, Frank. I mean, thank you for Wonderful. you know taking some time out of your your writing schedule and, and whatnot. And also, very sorry for the the couple of times we had to reschedule. Don't worry about it. I mean, like I said, it's it's so much easier to do this from home than yeah. than if I had to you know to travel anywhere. I mean, right now, uh, if if we did not have the internet, uh, this is the kind of thing that would probably be getting done on like a local radio or television station. Yeah. Uh, or I'd have to travel to New York City. I have to stay overnight at a hotel. I mean, it would just like get very involved. Yeah, and I'm and I'm, and I'm not that famous that that like I I think that's uh, you know a cheap uh, affair. Uh, so I, I I'm just uh, I'm thrilled to be able to like talk to guys like you. And you did a very good job, by the way. You were very good. Thank you. You Thank brought you. me out. You know, you made me interested in you, and 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 your opinions were good. Um, you know, and that's part of the fun that I have. I'm like connecting with so many people because I'm just a fan like so many other, mm. you know, men and women are who who they, they have a, a passionate enthusiasm for certain films. Um, it's not, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, the general public has always liked movies, but, uh, you know, it, and the thing is too, uh, you know, back when I was like a, a, a junior nerd just starting out and getting, you know, into all this stuff, you, you know, back then uh, it had not mainstreamed the way that it has now to a great extent. So that at least, you know, even like regular people can sort of get into some of this stuff or accept yeah. 
you know, that, that, that people are so interested in it. But, uh, you know, when I was like a kid and like reading science fiction and shit, I was like, you know, I was ostracized, not not like overtly, but it was just sort of like, you know, I mean, uh, I remember, uh, you know, Tommy Starpoli in like the the eighth grade coming up to me. He was like, you're always reading them books. Why are you always reading them books? Yeah. Yeah. And now, like, you, you people thrive uh, for being, you know, quote unquote outcasts and stuff because they know they have people that are just like them, you know, and definitely times have changed. And I think for that, times yeah. have changed for the better. Uh, I mean, it's so people, much easier to connect with, yeah, with people. Exactly. You know, and I look for, I mean, I like weird and different people. It's like I, when someone has an interest that I have, may not have, but has, you know, but is like an expert or has, you know, is passionate about it. I want to know about it. That makes me interested. Yeah, exactly. And that's how kind of I am too, especially doing the show. I, I have to, you know, be excited for the you know people I'm talking to or the right. movies I'm, I'm reviewing. Like if I feel like if I came on here and we were talking and I was just like, just like, yeah, you're just on my show. That's really cool. You know, not having kind of interest. It would be stupid, be boring. None of us would want to be here. Um, right, and, yeah. and it's such an honor to to talk to you and you know you. really kind of go through everything that happened with street trash and you know spookies and what's going on now and really hearing from you so. i mean to tell the truth i mean what's going on now and the fact that i have people who will like pay attention to me or care about what i might do now is it it's it, it's just a night and day difference compared to yeah. i mean tom and i just labored in darkness for years and occasionally we'd make a breakthrough or something would almost get financed or whatever. But it was, uh, you know, it was a, a very fruitless endeavor for a long time, you know, after Spookies and Street Trash. Yeah, and, and it's so good to hear, too, that you're kind of carrying on, like, really his legacy and, and your legacy at the same time. I'm, I'm trying so hard. I'm still in touch. His wife is still a good friend of mine. That's awesome. I want to bring her onto the new film as one of our design people. She was one of the designers. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that's awesome. And she, she afterwards, she did, she got into CGI. She worked on like the first TV version of, of Dune and like, you know, oh, and she, wow. she did a lot of like fairly big production stuff. Um, but uh, it's, it, it's a thing where I sort of carry uh you know my memories of Tom and his his aesthetics in my heart to some degree, so I feel you know I do feel at times not that he's looking over my shoulder, mm-hmm. but at times I have to, I try to think you know what might he think or what what might he bring to something because there are definitely things that I'm not going to come up with that he would have had had he had the opportunity. Yeah, but you know it, it, I know it's going to be going to be great and it's something that he he would love. Um, I mean, everybody oh, I loves the so. stuff I mean, anyway. From the start, we, we just decided, all right, we want to do something totally unlike Spookies. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, I, and, 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 and he said something at first, like, all right, this should be like Spookies if Terry Gilliam made it. <laughs> oh, man, I can't wait. I really can't. Like, there's so many good things coming out um, in the works. Like, I really can't wait for the, the remake of Street Trash. It's going to be great. Um, and now Spookies 2. Um and just anything else that you're involved with, like I'm going to keep my eye out. And yeah, I mean, I'm trying. Here's my biggest uh, problem at the moment is I'm I'm really strapped for time all the time because I'm writing isn't the it? script. I have lots of other stuff I want to get to. I want to start, and this is one of the things I want to talk to you about. I mean, one of the things I have sort of had conversations about and have been aware of for a while is uh, I want to get some merchandising going. For, for you know, um, I want to get out to conventions. Yes, no, that's actually. I'm glad you just you just said that because that okay. was something. Well, that's I the main didn't thing I wanted to down. talk to you about. 
Yes, 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 yes. So, um, that, yeah, we, we can definitely make that happen, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, if you want, we can save this for another conversation because I think there's more to it than just a, a brief... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we can talk I, to I, us I, after I we're done it, if you want. I mean, with COVID, like a lot of people, I just kept putting off and putting off starting to do conventions. Yeah. And uh, now I've decided to... And I have, I have some people working with me. So I have somebody who's like really trying to comb the country for what makes sense to go yes. to and sort of some sort of a plan. But I haven't, I have probably not been to a horror or comic book or any convention in like a decade, right? Yeah. And I don't want to go out there and like totally blow it or go someplace where, oh, well, my fans just don't happen to exist at this convention or something. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to figure out what to do. You know, I need to go out and like, if nothing else, minimally, because I'm, I'm going to be putting out you know, expenses for everything, including materials, stuff to be autographed, yeah. and on and on. Um, I, I think I might I, have I need one. to be able to survive financially if I totally fuck up. There's definitely one that I can get you into contact with the uh, creator and director of that I think would be really cool. Um, mm-hmm. It's a Salem Horror Fest. It's mainly like a, a film oh, yeah, fest. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. But um, next year, it's the biggest it's ever been, and it's going to be in April.